Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. Today we're joined by baby and toddler sleep expert Joe Ryan and you can ask your questions a number of ways. If you're watching us live via Facebook, you can pop your questions below the video. If you're listening to us via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and we'll be able to answer your questions next week. Joe, hello. Hello, hello. And I, we, we need to say good morning because you're all the way over in <laughs> Dubai and you very kindly agreed to wake up at some ungodly hour to give everyone your advice. So thank you so much for doing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, let's, mm. let's get cracked. Are you going to go back to sleep afterwards? Going to mm-hmm. have a little nap after? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's 3.30 in the morning here, so um, I don't Oh, my God, wake. yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I yeah. shouldn't laugh. Of course you're going back to sleep. Okay, well, let's yeah. start with these questions. <laughs> this one comes from Jacqueline. She says, my four-month-old for the last four days has started um, going from being perfectly happy to all of a sudden stiff body, screaming, and his eyes look terrified. Any idea why? He's due for his next set of needles soon, so I know it's not from that. I had stopped his probiotic drops, but I've have started restarted them tonight. When it happens, it's so hard to calm him down. I feel like a bad mum as I can't settle him and don't know what to do. He has no temperature and I don't think he is sick either. Still drinking bottles is normal too. What could be happening should we see a doctor? Oh, definitely. I, de- I think any kind of behaviour that's sort of abnormal. I mean, he's four months old. He's only little. So, um, you know, he might, you know, I mean, it's very hard to speculate on what might be causing him to cry, right? Um, you know, um, all babies have different ways of crying and expressing themselves. And that does change through the first little while, you know, Um as they change from newborn sort of criers to developing their own way of crying sort of thing. Um, I mean, I would definitely just get him checked over to see that there's nothing, nothing bothering him and maybe just notice, is it related to anything? Is it when he's a bit tired? You know, is it when he's just after a feed? You know, maybe he's getting a little bit of pain in his tummy or gut, you know something like that but it it is very hard for me to sort of speculate on what might be causing the problem but um like I say I'm sure it's probably just him and they do go through phases where you know things are you know developmentally things are changing and so you know that can cause a whole lot of different reactions and behavioral reactions um but I think if you're concerned and it's abnormal for him like it's not what he was doing previously um, then sure, I, I don't think there's any harm in just going and getting the GP to have a quick once over and have a look at him to make sure there's nothing that's bothering him. I mean, their teeth sometimes too, like if they're getting a little bit of pain from a tooth, sometimes that can cause them to be a bit, you know, but they're, they're all different. So it's hard, like I say, it's very hard to know. But yeah, that's what I would do. Go and get him looked over. The next question comes from Kelly. She says, I need help. My five-year-old who has just started full-time school goes to bed at 7.30 p.m. and then is awake in her room until past 9 p.m. She isn't tired during the day and wakes up about 6.30 a.m., but it stresses me out as I think she's not getting enough sleep. What can I do to get her sleeping earlier? 
So sorry, she's in her bed at 7.30, did you yes. say? Yes, yeah. yeah. Look, there's not much you can do. You know, again, we all require different amounts of sleep. I think having a good sleep routine at bedtime and a good regular bedtime is a great idea and it sounds like that's what you're doing. I would encourage her to just stay in bed and, you know, if she's just happily lying there and, you know, um, not complaining and, and just eventually going to sleep and she seems okay during the day and she seems like she's not overtired. Um, you know, maybe that's all she needs. Um, you know, it's not, it's not terrible, 9.30 to 6.30. It's, it's not ideal, you know, it could be a little bit longer, but it's not terrible. Um, like I say, you can't force a child to go to sleep, you know, as long as all the conditions are right and she's in her bed and she's resting and there's no stimulation, she's not watching telly or her iPad or anything like that, um, then there's not a lot else you could do except, uh, you know, just keep that whole routine going. This is the time we go to bed. Don't stretch that out because, you know, if she's tired, then she should go to sleep. But remember that she's just started school. It's a big new time. There's probably a lot going on in her little mind as well. Mm. So, you know, you could also maybe just... Uh, there's some great meditation. Um, Kindling have some great meditation. Um, uh, what, what it's bedtime. It? It's bedtime explorers is a good, yeah, good way to try and help them. I mean, when I think about this, I think about how sometimes if I can't get to sleep, I will listen to a meditation mm. and I never hear the end of it because I've mm. already fallen asleep. So I've tried the meditations with my kids. But the other thing I was going to say as well, John, I'd be curious to know what you think of this. My son, who's uh, in year one today, um, today, this year and today, yeah. um, he, he can be very similar. Um, but I just started, my husband would put him to bed and I'd put my daughter to bed, but I've just started popping in and singing him a couple of songs and rubbing his back. And I know that that is not self-settling. He's not learning to sleep on his own, but sometimes I feel he needs just a little bit more comfort to drift off. If I don't do that, he will stay awake till nine o'clock. You know, yeah. I can see him flitting in and back to the bathroom, but sometimes if I go in and offer that little bit extra comfort to help see him on his way, I don't know if mm. you think that, is that a, is that possibly a bad habit to get yeah, into? I, yeah, I don't think it's a terrible thing. I mean, I think the only thing is that if you, you know, it doesn't become something that they're expecting and then they're, they're staying awake to wait for All it that. yeah yeah but you know like like I say if it's part of the bedtime ritual that's a that's a good thing you know it's just about sort of you know I wouldn't be staying there the whole time or you know I would just go in you know sing a couple of songs rub their back for you know a couple of minutes or whatever that's absolutely great and lovely and if it and if she needs like your son needs just a little calmer little mind and all that sort of thing I mean that that can't be uh, that's not a bad thing. But I think listening to something also is a really good way. Some kids are just very, their minds are just very active and they find it hard to just relax, you know. It should mm. pass as she gets into the swing, you know, hopefully of school. Yeah. I feel for <laughs> Kelly because that was what I was looking mm. forward to, them being so tired that they just go straight yeah. to sleep. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, hopefully that will happen because it'll just catch up. You know, she will just be a bit exhausted with everything. Yeah. Mm. Well, good luck, Kelly. Um, this question comes from Carly from on Facebook. Um, oh, I've just lost Carly. 
Uh, I think this is Carly. Hi, ladies. I have a, the age-old question trying to get my three-year-old to sleep in longer. She has always been a great sleeper, still napping during the day, which is still much needed. But she's been waking around 5 a.m. mornings um, for the past six months and in turn waking my one-year-old, which makes us all very tired. Mm. Any tips there? Well, it's sort of, it's either the day nap or like, so what happens is they actually have a sort of quota of sleep that they need, you know, and if they're getting too much day naps, uh, too much sleep in the day, they can shorten their night, you know, and often it means they wake early. So I'd be, you know, be interesting to hear how much sleep she is getting in the day. Um, Three year olds, some still need it. But I would maybe start to shorten that if you can. Um, and then you might find that she sleeps in a bit later in the morning. Um, usually girls of that age are pretty good at sleeping in, though, you know, there are just some people, girls and boys, who are just early morning risers. That's just the way their body clocks work. Um, but, yeah, so I would, that's how I would start to do it is by shortening the day nap Um you know, if she's having an hour and a half or two hours now, cut it back to an hour, you know, um, and then work towards kind of eliminating it, you know, it dep- and it's all what works best for your household, obviously. If the early mornings are not working, then I would, that's what I would start with, shortening the day nap. And, um, and Does she need to works. bring her bedtime earlier if she shortens the day nap or is it that age they're okay to stay at the same? Um, she's three. Did you say she's three? Yeah. Yeah. Three. Um, yeah. She might need to come to bed, you know, a little bit earlier, depending on what time she goes to bed. I think it's, um, she didn't say what time she goes to bed, but you know, you might need to bring it back a little, like half an hour earlier, just to kind of, um, while she's learning to cope without a day nap or with a shorter day nap. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This next question comes from Kristen on our Facebook live. She says our two and a half year old and 11 month old share a room. They both have been waking several times a night and our older daughter won't settle without a bottle of milk. She will drink 60 mil and go straight back to sleep. How do we stop this without interfering with everyone else's sleep? (laughs) Well, that's, that's, a bit impossible when they're in the same room, unfortunately. Um, so to eliminate the milk, you just need to stop giving it. You know, two-year-old, um, she, you know, it is just comfort, really. It's the sucking. It's the whole sort of ritual that goes along with getting the milk, you know, all of that. So you just need to eliminate it. But, you know, I think planning um, when, when they're sharing a room. So you need to plan for it. So you need to either move... Um, the baby out or the older child out while you're doing it at the room you know something like that or you you take it you know uh, if you have a partner that can help you both kind of you know um, focus on one of the children and and settle that child you know until it all passes Um, but you know with a two-year-old eliminating night feeding shouldn't take very long you know, it's, it's really habit. So a couple of nights of just, you know, and always explaining before you're doing it to them, this is what we're doing from tonight or from, you know, we're going to not, you know, uh, there's no more milk overnight, you know, and just keep reinforcing that for a couple of days until you start. And then, you know, no milk tonight. So when she asks for it, 
you can just say, no, there's no milk tonight, remember, you know, and just maybe sit with her or uh, for, you know, and stroke their back for a bit um, and do something other than offering milk. Milk and bottles and those sorts of things are very strong sleep associations and do affect their sleep quite negatively when they don't actually need it for food. So, um, so eliminating that, you will find that things will improve dramatically. So yeah, have a plan, like what are we going to do with, you know, do we move one out? Do we move you know, which one do we move out or do we both just kind of deal with one each uh, for those couple of nights? It'll only be a couple of nights and things should should be better. The next question comes from Brittany on our Facebook Live. She says, I have a 22-month-old toddler who always, in caps, wakes up in the middle of the night, regardless of whether we give a nap during the day or not. When she does wake up, we go in and try to soothe for a minute by holding her, giving her the pacifier and laying her back down. But when we leave, she pops back up. Help. <laughs> so again, it's all about sleep association. So the what they expect. So if, if you're picking her up and holding her, that's a really lovely, you know, a lovely thing. But it is also a, a, a sort of association. It's a sleep need that she's expecting when she wakes. So um, I would stop picking her up. So when you go to her, you know, it's all about less is more when it comes to settling. So the less you can do, the better that is. So you go, uh, you do a little pat or a little tap, little stroke, you know, um, until she's calm and then you try and leave again, okay? If, she, if you're picking her up and putting her down, of course, she's going to be like, well, what are you doing? I want you to keep holding me. You know, that's great. Yes. So, you know, so just think about less is more. Um, obviously, be there and soothe her and calm her. Um, but if you don't need to be there or if you don't need to do too much, just don't do too much, you know. Mm. Um, give her her dummy, leave the room again, you know. Wait, see what she does. If she starts to wind up, go back soothe her back, pat her back for a bit, you know, leave again, you know, or even for the first night, stay there the whole time until she goes back to sleep, if that's what you need to do. But just be conscious that you're not doing something that is going to need to be repeated every night, you know. So you're, you're withdrawing yourself from the room, that's, and then things should get better. Now, you did say that our last um, question with a two-and-a-half-year-old would take a couple of nights to mm. sort of learn a new habit. With this mm. particular habit and a 22-month-old, there's quite a difference in age. How long would you allow um, those or how long would you allow to let those changes sort of sink in for them? Well, look, it's the same. You know, I would say it's really only, you know, three to five nights you know and sometimes it's even less like I said before a couple of nights but you've, we've got to remember that we've got to be consistent we've got to show them that this is what we're doing and we've got to repeat it the same way every night if you were confusing them by oh the first night I'll try but then after a while I'll just pick her up because it's you know it's going on for too long um, it kind of confuses them because they're like you know, what am I expect? What, what do I expect when I wake? So at the moment she expects that when she wakes, um, you'll come in, she'll pick you up, you'll pick her up, you'll give her a little cuddle and then you put her back down, you know, so that's the expectation. So now we need to change that expectation. When she wakes up, there is no, there's nothing. There is no reward. There's no, you know, cuddle with mom or dad. It's just, um, you know, she will uh, be put back, you know, she'll just get a little pat and go back to sleep. So you take away that, Thing and then they learn that 
there's no need to wake up. There's nothing. Mm. So I can actually just roll over. So as they transition and their eyes might flick open, they'll just roll over and go back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, that's So three dream. to five nights, things should really, really change. But be consistent. That's the thing. This next one comes from Jamira. She says, my 12-month-old hasn't even got one tooth yet. Should I be worried? She eat, She's eating solids fine, healthy weight, and everything else is going well. I'm also wondering when we should start seeing a dentist with little kids. Do we start when they begin to get their first teeth or wait till they have all of them? Thanks for any advice for this clueless first-time mama. <laughs> Well, I, I wouldn't worry about the teeth. I think, you know, some some children get teeth quite early, some get them quite late, you know, as long as it's not, you know, a problem. I mean, there's not much you can do, you know, the teeth will, they should be there and they will come. Um, it just depends on, you know, when they're ready. I mean, if you're concerned, you could certainly take her, like if it by the time she was one and a half, if there were no teeth, then perhaps you'd take her to the dentist to have a look. Um, with regard to seeing dentists, I mean, usually by the time they've got quite a few teeth, I think, you know, would be a good time. Um, you know, maybe by two, it, you know, is a good time to see, to see, start seeing a dentist, you know, just to check that everything's fine. I mean, you know, as long as they're brushing them and you're teaching them how to brush their teeth or you're brushing them for them, you know, and ultimately teaching them you know, those sort of things, the ritual things that they learn um, is good start. But yeah, I think once they're around two is a good time to start, you know, seeing a dentist. And then the dentist will let you know how, how often they, they want to see them. Yeah. Mm. This next question comes from Genevieve. She says, I've noticed that my three-year-old son grinds his teeth in his sleep and it's starting to worry me. It doesn't seem to bother him, but I'm concerned he may end up with dental problems. Some mums I've talked with also say that it may be a sign of something more serious, such as sleep apnea or tonsil and adenoid problems. Should I see a doctor or specialist? Yeah, look, grinding your teeth is, um, you know, it can be pretty normal, but it, it, they're very right. Your friends are right. It can be indicative of something else going on, generally a sleep apnea type thing. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Um, I would definitely go and get him looked at by your GP and then they will refer you on if um, they think they need some more, um, you know, specialist attention. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely go get them just checked over. It won't hurt. This question comes from Billy. Billy says, I need some help transitioning my seven-month-old baby to sleeping in her cot for her day naps. Up till now, she will only sleep on my chest after being fed. She used to go okay being rocked to sleep in her carrier, still on my chest, but at least I was hands-free. But I have hurt my back recently, so we have stopped that. So this means I'm stuck on the couch holding her while she naps, and I know this can't go on forever. It's getting harder to put her to sleep. She's getting older and more aware of her surroundings. She just cries and screams when I put her in the cot. And it doesn't lessen with time. She just keeps getting more and more worked up. A bit about our routine. She is exclusively breastfed and we have started solids two meals a day, though she's not very interested and doesn't take much food. We are usually awake between five and six. Then she will nap for half an hour after two hours she then wakes two to three hours before her longer nap of one and a half hours then another two to three hour wake period before a final nap of half an hour some days she will have four half an hour naps with no long nap at all then bed is around seven 
Overnight, she wakes every two to three hours, usually sometimes every hour. I am so tired just reading this. <laughs> During the night, she will only resettle on the boob or very occasionally with padding. I usually cave in and pop her on the breast to get her back to sleep as quickly as possible. She sleeps with her cot next to our bed. I refuse to do the cried out method and want to use a gentle approach. I just need her... I just need help in teaching her some self-settling skills and to help her be able to nap on her own during the day without all the crying. But where should I start? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a whole, the whole thing is related, like the, the day napping and the night waking is all related to the fact that she's not able to fall asleep or hasn't been falling asleep in her bed. So when you think about it, babies need to wake up where they fall asleep. It's like, when we go to bed, uh, if we woke up sort of, you know, in the middle of the night and we were on the couch, you know, after going to bed in your bed, you'd be like, what just happened? You know, where am I? you'd be freaking out, right? So that's yes, the same that happens with babies. They fall asleep in your arms or on the boob or in the pram or whatever. And then they open their eyes as they transition through a sleep cycle and they're not there. They're in the cot, not near mummy, not on the boob. They freak out, okay? And as they get older, so over six months, it just gets more and more cemented and it gets worse and they wake more and more frequently during the night and the day sleeps can get, you know, pear-shaped. So we need to start by getting her to fall asleep in her cot. And we can certainly do that very gently. Um, what, I, what I can't promise is that she's not going to love it, you know, so she is going to cry. But, you know, you just need to be there and, and soothe her through that, Okay. Um, so it's about having a ritual um, at bedtime, you know, have, have the feed, then you put it down, you know, you go through the ritual, whether it be give her a cuddle, sing a little song, pop her in the cot. You don't need to step away to start with, but just start by patting her, you know. Um, hopefully she's sort of rolling so you can roll her onto her side or onto a tummy if she's rolling onto a tummy. Um, and give her a little pat on her bottom. And, and I always like to pat them in a way that's just like a gentle kind of rocking. So her body's rocking like that. It's all about their head moving, which kind of calms them. But this is going to take a while the first time you do it. And I always recommend that you start this process at bedtime in the evening because we know that they're going to go to sleep eventually, you know, um, and they're usually tired and, you know, it might not take that long. And, and there might be quite a bit of distress though, because they are tired. So pat, 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 pick her up when she's really distressed, calm her down, back down. Okay, don't let her fall asleep in your arms. Back down in the cot, keep going, okay? I promise you, she will eventually fall asleep, okay? But what I can't promise you or tell you is how long it's gonna take or how distressed she's gonna get. Um, but know that she will always go to sleep. So I always think it's best for the parents to be plan it, to go, okay, from Friday night, I'm going to do this and we're going to stick with it. If you stick with it, it will work, okay? Then every time she wakes overnight at seven months, theoretically, she doesn't really need any more than one feed a night. And generally, I like that feed to be around the 4 a.m. period of the night because that helps with that early morning wakefulness. And if she's on a couple of solids a day, she should be able to go for about nine or 10 hours without a feed. You know, she has that feed before bed, but that's totally up to mum. Like she can decide, you know, I would maybe, if you want to do it more gently, cut down to two feeds a night. Okay, so the first one around midnight, the second one around four-ish. But at the other wakes, same process. Go to her, pat her till she goes back to sleep. Okay, it will work. But it is, there will be a period overnight, particularly if you're pushing through to one feed where she's awake for a very long time. 
know that, know that it will happen, be prepared. It can be up for a couple of hours, but they always go back to sleep. Again, when she's very distressed, pick her up, cuddle her, calm her down, back down. Okay. And like I said, with the previous call, you need to be prepared. You need to be consistent. Okay. So that she's not getting confused about what's happening and what these changes are. And, you know, again, even with a seven month old, a week, you know, three to five nights, things can change really dramatically. But remember, she's never done it before. She's had this lovely sleeping on mum her whole life, being fed to sleep back on the boob. The boob or the sucking back to sleep is a really strong sleep association. They're very attached to it very quickly. Um, so I often give them something, like if she's old enough and she's moving around, like a little comforter or something that they can sort of snuggle up to as well. Uh, in their cots it sort of helps a transition as well yeah um, joe i know that you have a baby bliss program that is part of the parent school on babyology mm. we'll pop links in the notes of this episode um i'm just noticing that there are some consistent messages that you have in terms of how to help babies learn to sleep what um with your program it doesn't have a particular age bracket that it's aimed at uh, look, it's not really aimed at an age bracket, but it does help with these kinds of sleep associations that usually are cemented around six months or older. You know, that's when you start to notice that, oh, you know, why is my baby waking every hour, you know, and they're seven months old? You know, that's surely that's, you know, not great. So, so it's usually takes around that age that long for parents to kind of go, hang on, we've had enough. This has been a long time and my baby's not sleeping well. Mm. So, yeah, so the program definitely steps you through those, um, those ways, uh, you know, those steps that you need in order to um, eliminate sleep associations, do the padding, the settling technique, you know, look at the routine, um, that your baby ideally should be on for their age group. And, and, and that can help. It gives you those tools to help you and support you through that. Yeah. Okay. So I just mentioned that if you're interested in Joe's program, we'll put links below in this Facebook live, but also on the podcast of where you can get the baby list, baby bliss program, which is essentially just teaching you skills that are going to help you with your baby from the time you bring them home until one year. Is that about the, would you say, Joe? Yeah, you know, 18 months, toddlers, you know, really. Yeah. Is often, often they're still sleeping in cots and, you know, um, having naps and things. So, yeah, 18 months to two years, really, um, mm. it can help. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, we've probably got time for one last question. This is from Marie on Facebook. She says, what do I do if my newborn keeps falling asleep on the breast? Oh, that doesn't matter. That's I know. Great. I was going to say, enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it. Let it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy it. I think it doesn't matter at all. Newborns, you know, that's what you want them to do, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you will find that they will start to be less, you know, be more wakeful um, as they grow. Usually by six to eight weeks, things sort of, they wake up and start to want to engage more with the environment. But at this stage, I wouldn't worry about that. I would be taking that and enjoying it. Absolutely. Mm. Is there yeah. an age that you want to stop them falling asleep on the breast? Well, look, I think, yeah, you know, babies under three months or 12 weeks often need, need something, you know, and, and, and sucking and all of that beautiful association with feeding is a really lovely kind of um, 
it's like a sleeping pill, you know, it's like a little drug that helps them sleep and soothes them and calms them and does all those beautiful things. It releases all these lovely hormones and, you know, so it, it's, it's great, but definitely so often they can't, they can't do it by themselves anyway. So, but I would say from sort of 12 weeks on, um, if you can start to maybe, um, sort of, uh, you know, for maybe once or twice a day, you know, um, try to sort of put them in the down more awake or not on the boob, you know, and do some padding or soothing or see if they need, can do it themselves, you know, and sort of have a little plan in your mind that, you know, that you're going to work towards that if you can. But yeah, at the moment I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be worrying too much. Uh, Marie's got a follow-up question. She says he doesn't get a proper feed though. Like he falls asleep when he's sucking and then he doesn't get a proper uh, feed. Yeah. Okay. So then you maybe need to stretch him out a little bit, you know, so a, a newborn, if he's like brand new, um, two to three hourly, you know, um, it, you know, and try to stretch him out a little bit to make sure that he's having a decent feed. I mean, it's really hard. Um as well because sometimes they need to feed more frequently and you know that's just what they do remember newborns is, they have tiny tiny tummies and you know so I, I wouldn't worry too much um except if it's like every half hour you know maybe see if you can stretch him out if he wants to suck you could always try a little dummy sometimes that can help just to kind of you know stretch them out a little bit until they're ready you know, till it's time to be fed and then you can have a bigger feed, you know, and I do think that having bigger feeds obviously helps with the longer sleep. So yeah, if you can just have a couple of times in the day where you can try to stretch him out, whether it be just kind of pacifying him by cuddling him or going for a little walk or something, you know, before feeding him and see if you can get into that pattern. Because then once he's had the longer feed and the longer sleep, and then, you know, then it will become more, more of a sort of routine. And I try, I'm trying to remember, um, there was some trick the lactation consultants used to say, like tickling them on their cheek to get them to keep sucking even after they'd fallen asleep. So, I mean, look, I don't know if that yeah. works. Or so they if have a just... rooting reflex, you know, which is kind of looking around. So it's when you touch the side of the cheek, they always kind of go that way. And it can, it can stimulate or tickling under the chin, I find, yeah. or just bringing their chin forward. Yeah. Um, promotes the suck but yeah if he's he was a newborn often you can't wake them up right they're, they're, just tired. they're, asleep, they're, asleep, they're tired yeah 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 so maybe if you can i mean newborns really can only stay awake about an hour at the mm. most so you know i mean that's not unusual so if he's sleeping if he's awake for an hour and then having a feed and then sleeping for a couple of, you know that's what you want you want him awake for an hour feeding within that hour and then sleeping for maybe a couple of hours would be good, you know, mm. one and a half to two hours, because then you're on a sort of three hourly cycle. Yeah. Mm. Well, I hope you're enjoying it. That newborn phase is so special. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today and giving all your wonderful advice. You're very welcome. And we have uh, experts that can talk to you about breastfeeding, introducing solids, toddler behaviours, all kinds of things at the parents' school. So if there's something you need guidance with, you will find the person to help you. Just follow the links in the notes of this episode or uh, below this Facebook Live. Joe, thanks again for your time and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, 
email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.